and welcome back to episode three, whopping three of Civil Discord. I am one of your hosts on this lovely podcast, Maurice. And of course, with me, as always, is Miss Amanda. Amanda, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I, I have I have a fancy new microphone, which is just Watch so jazzed. So I am pumped for, for my microphone. I, I feel like a professional now. I want to take care of it and, and, and give it love. But yeah, yeah, I'm I've been good and 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 yourself because we need a COVID update. How are you doing? <laughs> COVID Watch 2021 for the Jones yeah. House Zone. Um, no, we're actually we're fine. Um, we're we're definitely on the on on the back side of this. My wife gets to go back to work on Wednesday. Um, I won't be going back to work until like a week from Monday because they give us the whole two weeks. But um, I mean, we're good. Wife is up and about doing trying to mow the lawn, <laughs> doing all kinds of things. Um, I had to stop her from mowing the lawn or whatnot, but um, I'm working from home. I mean, every, everything's been good for me for this past week. So um, okay. I'm still not telling people to go out there and catch it. Not at all, because their body's going to react completely different than mine. However, this was not, this this past week wasn't bad on me or my wife. In, in, in the very least, I should say so. And now you have the tiger blood, so you don't need to <laughs> Exactly. Yes, I do have tiger blood. But I will say this. So crazy thing. Um, this this shows you this is my my um Ancapistan land coming through or whatnot. So of course, when you get a um on on a for a novel virus, when you go through this whole process and you test positive, the state finds your information and they call you. And they want to know information about your about everything exactly. Yes. So they called my wife, and she said, "Hey, you know the the, the Texas um, Texas Department of, of of like health and safety or whatever called me, and I was just like, oh, really? What they want? Oh, I don't know.' And so I was like, well, maybe they'll call me too. And because I, I don't answer if 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 my number if your number is not saved in my phone, I don't answer it, especially my cell phone. Like business phone is different, but cell phone, no. If, People who I want to talk to, they call me. They know my number. Well, um, so they call once and, and leave a and leave a voicemail as you should. And so, and so I was like, okay. So I know when it, when when this number calls that it's them. They call back. I answer, and they say, Mr. Jones, um, this is this is so and so. I just want to let you know this call is being monitored and recorded for training purposes and like that whole spiel. Exactly. <laughs> so, so she's like, she's like, I just have a few questions, you know, regarding to, you know, to, 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 to some, uh, to some samples that we just received. I was like, so does this pertain to anything of like a test that I've taken in let's say in the past 48 hours or so? And they were like, well, yes, it does. I was like, perfect. I kindly ask that you not call my phone anymore. I don't want to talk to you guys about any information about anything that is going on with my body um, and this household. So I'm not trying to be rude to you. I understand that you're just doing your job, but I would highly advise that you not call me again. Thank you. And she's like, uh, uh, she had no idea how to respond. And of course I said that in the, I said it in, the, in a very professional, polite manner, because I'm not trying to mess this girl up like she doesn't know that i'm so anti-state that it's that that it's ridiculous or whatnot but she was like oh well you know thank you if there's anything else that you that, that you need you know it's okay just just give us a call if you need any guidelines or anything like that's like no ma'am we're fine we're perfectly good um thank you and you have a great day and i hung up and my wife was like 
why did you even say that? And I'm like, they don't need to call my phone. They don't need to know informa- any information from me. I'm a, I'm a smart, intelligent being. Well, this could help. They've already got a vaccine for this stuff. Why are they calling me for contact tracing and stuff? They don't need to know exactly. Like, they got my phone number. They already know everything about me. I don't need to give them, give them any, for, any more information. So I, I love how her recourse was, if you'd like us to give you any guidelines, because we've got tons of guidelines. We, they're just lying around. We've got extra guidelines for really anything at this point. Exactly. Uh, drink one alcoholic beverage per day at <laughs> most. Always wear sunscreen. I can't get over that one. I see. I thought you were going to go with the route where you just made up the craziest symptoms. <laughs> like, well, um, I've had some interesting stool issues lately. Some very di- odd colors. I can just tell you. Yeah, just. I wish. I wish that's something my dad would do. But yeah. my, my dad is more pro pro state than I am partly mm-hmm. because he's worked he's a he's a former police officer and I now he works for the sheriff's department so go I mean I don't say go figure but yes he is but me I was like nope sorry you I, I'm gonna need you to stay out of my phone with all that like please respectfully don't call me again kind of thing so that was pretty interesting I'd have to say I have yeah. to say yeah that's and by the way I just did the, the old rotary phone uh uh throwing down the phone gesture, I realized that's, that's not in any way relevant anymore. This, why are you doing your hand light and putting it down anyway? Sorry. I'll I get do- it. But <laughs> what, what's better for me is the, is when we had to flip flows and you just you flip it or whatnot. I loved what I was hanging up on folks like that. Like, yes, that's the flip phone. Yeah. You, like now it's like a, you have to hit the button. I'm like, nah, that, that's not dramatic enough for me. Yeah. Not dramatic enough for me. Bring it back, bring it back. Anyway, so <laughs> again, oh, simple yeah. discord. <laughs> That's what we're here for. Again, civilly talking about things that happen in our lives or whatnot. Um, but starting the show off on a on a on a on a great note, um, we actually have some good things that, even though I'm so, oh, you just, I'm so anti-state. Even though I'm so anti-state, um, they there are some states that are doing some good things. Some good things. Um, and this this is an, an article from Reason Magazine. If you guys need some great articles, great studies about things, Reason Magazine is is one of the one of the few um, sites that are out there that that, that actually uh, are, are producing good good articles, good ta- good content, and good journalism. I would say that. Now again. Every single article that you read is going to be biased, so they're going to have their bias slant. And I know and understand that from a, I mean, coming, I know and understand that coming from from my perspective that they may tend to slant towards things that I like. But nonetheless, they they do have some journalistic integrity over at Reason, um, a free mind and free markets. Um, but so so in Oklahoma, Oklahoma and Texas. They they've recently passed laws that make it actually harder for the state to take away your kids. Now, people may say, oh, well, well, what if the if the child's in a horrible situation and you just made it harder? No, 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 no. That's not the case at all. They literally made it so where your kids can go outside and play and your kids aren't taken from you. That's literally what they've done. Yeah, I so I'm I'm looking I'm looking at this article and of course I I wasn't I wasn't a child that long ago so I thought 
but and I thought my parents were incredibly overprotective. We we I grew up in a cul-de-sac and I was not allowed to like ride my bike past a couple houses down. It was my parents were very, very smothering, which might have contributed to some of my political predilections today. Everyone is my parent, everyone is the state. Uh, but in any case, yeah, so I thought my parents were were pretty, you know, over domineering but now evidently up until this point it was risky as a parent to even let your children outside stay home alone without the parents being accused of abuse or neglect so this is apparently some radical new free-range parenting that was totally a thing in the 90s i don't know how 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 did were your parents like with with this when you grew up? I was very similar to your situation. I mean, but but it was um, I grew up in a cul-de-sac as well, but I'm on a military base. But I mean, I remember during the summers, mom and dad would be at work or going everywhere. We'd still be at the at the house by ourselves. I mean, at this age, we're I mean, I'm in early late elementary, early middle school. It's so like nine, 10, 11 years old or so playing playing outside from noon to 10 30 11 o'clock at night um there was i mean and, and there was no like hey being home by by the time streetlights come and, and i get some people word that way which is fine but we were up through the neighborhood riding our bikes in in the woods going fishing at a pond behind the street like there was none of this and now it's just like if you see the, there there's a situation in which if you see a kid playing by themselves in the front yard you call the cops like I've never ever thought that that was necessary, but evidently it was because it's happened. So I'm reading from this article now. So in Houston, uh, Laura Browder was arrested for having her kids wait 30 feet away from her in a food court when she had a job interview there and didn't have time to line up childcare. Fortunately, the arrest came after she'd accepted the new job. So I can only imagine what would happen if you're in the middle of the interview cops walk up there's there's something for everyone though in in this in this bill and so it is bipartisan that's noted toward the end yes uh, it says uh for struggling moms said nevada's senator harris different i'm sorry nevada's senator harris that's a different harris than kamala harris uh this bill provides a little more equity so it's good to know that this and it is an equitable bill but as if you were concerned about equity in this situation, it's also an improvement there as well. Definitely. And and the Nevada's hasn't passed yet. There's, I believe, is is, is still in their Senate. And then once it's voted on there, we'll go into the House and then um, we'll hopefully will be sent to the governor's desk to sign. I, I, and maybe maybe I'm wrong in my in, in my rationale of thinking, but if we allow parents to parent and not be a quote unquote Karen, and I will use that term in a derogatory way, um, you're not calling the cops for some reason of a mom who's at an interview with her kids 30 feet away. You're talking at a food court, like a food court that's in the middle of a mall. Like, and, and I get people get people snatch up kids quickly in the blink of an eye. I 100% know and understand that. However, as a parent, if you're trying to provide for your family by going to an interview and you're going to the interview, having your kids in a line of sight during the interview 
and still going to this interview and getting the job? Like, kudos to you. Why are you having the cops called on you? And then this may take me off on a different tangent, and I don't want to touch it, but who are you as a cop to go and arrest somebody for literally having their kids at an interview and, and being 30 feet away? 30 feet away. I thought we were social socially distancing. Like thirty feet away is supposed to be a good thing at, at, in today's today's society. Like, like really, Th- this this does so many good things from the fact of you now no longer you you have now lessened police interaction that that are unnecessary. This was an unnecessary police interaction between a parent, a mother, and a police officer with her kids watching. Unnecessary. So now, so that's one less thing that I would, I, I now know, I, I, that's one less thing that I have to worry about when it comes to when my kids are outside playing, playing, playing football in the yard or whatnot. So one, one small win for Liberty, one small win for Liberty. I'll take it. And being kids too, for kids Liberty. So this is another thing that actually um, has been written about by many people, but also reasons Robbie Suave in a fantastic book called Panic Attack. Uh, where one of his early theses is that so much of what we have now with sometimes it's called victim culture, I call it coddle culture, that we see with millennials is, and it's really damaging to millennials' mental health too. I know because I am a millennial and there's this this kind of learned helplessness that you that you grow up with, like, oh, I, I, I need to make sure people approve of me. I need to make sure I'm safe. I need, and, and it takes a lot to train that out or combat that. But it seems rooted in this reaction to that wave of, I guess, uh, there was a kidnapping epidemic, uh, in quotes, in the 80s. A lot of kids were getting swept up. And so then in the 90s, you had a bunch of parents doing the overprotective parenting thing, as my parents did. And... I thought that that was just parents being overprotective, but I guess now because government is a lagging indicator, it's moved up through the institution <laughs> as well. I'm excited for what this is going to do for kids. That it's going to tell, it's going to teach kids that it's okay to right. to play outside. It's going to teach kids that they can be a little more self reliant than perhaps they would be primed to believe in in the absence of these of these bills. Definitely, I mean, and and it's not saying that that um that you're allowed to abuse your kids or this that or the other like it's it's not saying any of that it's just saying hey give your kids some free range and make sure that that you were acting in a way that is not harmful to the kids now if you're leaving your kids outside in the texas heat for six hours with no water it's very different it's very different but there's also a way to prove that you know, you could you could see that abuse. It's not just a hey, your kids out there for five minutes and now you're calling the cops because somebody doesn't know how long your kids are out there. So um, another win for Liberty. And 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 I am OK with it. Me, yeah. the ANCAP, the guy who hates the government is Me. OK with them making a step towards the right direction. Go figure. Who who would have thought? <laughs> I like it if you pass a law against inter- interference. Which exactly. Is- makes it better now onto something that 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 actually um we discussed in um in our pre-show that we may actually disagree on um maybe kind of sort of well yeah yeah no so but we'll talk into it you want to talk about it you want to get into it well so there's there's (laughs) 
Facebook ruling, which I've most I've heard more people comment on it than I've actually heard from the ruling itself, which I think is sort of everyone. Man, I never knew how many people on my Twitter feed were legal scholars. Uh, I thought I only followed three, and then there's ev everyone's got a law degree, um, including me. I think because I think having a Twitter profile actually doubles as that now. That's exactly um, what it is. Yeah. Oh, so Facebook decides to uh, keep Donald Trump's banned. I'm sorry. Can we say that on on iTunes? Will Will Donald Trump be bleeped? Was that a violation of the FFA? <laughs> keep, <laughs> I think we're Donald, okay. All right. Keep Donald Trump's ban permanent for now. Which which is class. It sounds like the government, right? Because you always do. We're going to make the tax cuts permanent for now. And then they're going to go in and reevaluate it uh, later. So some people are, of course, crying out that this is a violation of, of, of Facebook's. Well, it, it's definitely a misapplication of standards uh, that Facebook has, um, allowing certain people who are pretty hateful to remain platformed uh, and to ban Donald Trump. To be clear, I am one who doesn't think it was a good decision that Facebook made, but I think it's a decision that they have a right to make. Uh, there's a debate going on now as to whether Facebook should be considered a common carrier or whether common carrier laws should be tweaked um, to provide for less internet, large internet, big tech censorship. For me, I come down on the side that, that Facebook's not giving you a service that you can't get elsewhere. Facebook does have competitors. Twitter has competitors. Uh, I don't see a common carrier violation, but you you might have an, a, a more nuanced take than that. So, yeah. so, so I, I, I agree with everything that you just stated. Um, the, the, the fact that if, um, if F Facebook, I'm sorry, there are comp there are competitors to Facebook. You know, you can go. I mean, I, I, I was about to say Instagram, but Instagram is literally a Facebook. Which, oh my gosh! But heck, I mean, TikTok is doing stuff these days. There's a new TikTok out there that's called Clapper that you can get on. There's um, you, you do have Twitter. There, there's Parler. Parler is back now. There's so there's so many other platforms that you can use, and instead of you know conservatives and and everybody crying that oh my gosh facebook is censoring me this out of the other like you can you you're you're better suited going somewhere else um you and the reason why i say you're better suited going somewhere else is because i firmly firmly believe that facebook at this point in time is just another extension of the u.s government and there's no control in the u.s government the way that facebook does its does its business um i rarely see businesses that don't have any interference with the government go sit before government officials and discuss things with them um whether that's i mean you have i can't tell you how many times mark zuckerberg has been in front of whether it's um congressional hearings or whatever the case may be talking about his new cryptocurrency that he wants to utilize talking about discussing ways to regulate big tech even more um that's supposed to not benefit him but makes no sense give us reasons on on give us ways to regulate you that's going to hurt you 
but mm -hmm. you're the one giving us those ideas. So, and then ultimately when, when Facebook and, and I, I'm not sure if Facebook does this, but, but when you have companies like Amazon actually receiving money from the government, because we are contracted to, to store our, to, to, to store your information on our servers, that to me is now, you have now cooperated with the state. So you, you, you are they, them providing you all of those funds and, and you not having to like really give them something back in return. And so they're just like, oh, well, you know, we can house this stuff here. And most of your money is from, for these, from these Amazon web services are coming from the United States government and not from private entities. That to me means you are you are no longer working in best interest for the market. You're working in the best interest of the government, and so, and, and so that's why I I think that Facebook is is slowly starting to become an extension of the state that is no longer a, a private company. I mean that's very that's a very loose term in today's society, but they're no longer a private company. So I can no longer hold them to the same standards of a regular private company when it comes to how they do business. Would you apply that to grants too? I, I, I mean, you make a good point. Would you, would you apply that to recipients of government grants or government loans, which are often individuals as well? Well, so if, if I, when, when, when you're talking grants and individuals, that's different because, because the, <coughs> excuse me, sorry. Um, as, as an individual, you were literally, I mean, you're, for I mean this whole like well that's my money and and whatnot you're you're, you're having money take taken from you but you're also you also have the have the function to to like you're not working in cahoots with the governments on a big scale level in most cases now I mean now you can when it comes to this whole science things and and and, and hey th this is a government agenda and so you're you're pushing all those things but I would that the I think that there is a line in which you you can be a private business and receive grants and stuff from the government, and then and then once you cross that line, it's no longer grants. You are you are specifically working in the best interest of your of the government with no interest in anybody else. And and so, but there there is a line. Are you you're saying there's a differentiation sure. between a grant to do some kind of research, right? right? And all right. Because I, I didn't know if you were going to go into that, you felt like corporations shouldn't receive receive any money from the state, which, you know, maybe they shouldn't. I mean, we can go down that road philosophically, <laughs> but but if here is here is 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 my is my thing of if you're receiving money from the government, does the government steal from you? If mm -hmm. the answer is yes, then 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 I think at the I don't want to say you're entitled to some things because I, I don't like using that word entitled, but I do not knock you for receiving money back from the government if they take money from you. I, I, I will I will not I will not knock that in any way, shape or form. I won't. And this also brings up an interesting point. What you were discussing earlier with, you know, Mark Zuckerberg going to these hearings and asking, please regulate my competitors. I mean, me. Um, I don't know if, if that was a from you know, from the script itself, but uh, yeah. So this is the difference between cronyism and capitalism. This is a point that I get into uh, with people sometimes. That cronyism is having 
a cronyism is being entrenched with the government, is being in bed with the government. It mm -hmm. means you help me, I help you in a way that is really just having a particular corporation be an outlet for the state. Mm -hmm. Cronyism is essentially what Bernie Sanders calls communism for just the, you know, ju ju just for the people in power. Or maybe he, he inverts it or he says it's a capitalism. Just be Either way, I, it always makes me go, so you think capitalism is good then and everyone should have it. Is that... But at any rate, this is very different from capitalism. And in fact, it's antithetical to capitalism. Definitely. Capitalism means that you have competition. Capitalism means that if you have rules, those rules apply to everyone. Mm -hmm. And those rules apply across the board. There is a, it's equitable there, or in fact, well, no, it's equal. There's a level playing field. Right. And it's very, very different from cronyism, which is where the government picks winners and losers and says, well, we have capitalism because this is a private company, but they're really not. Um, and no, every time that when, when large corporations end up helping senators and congressmen write laws, what ends up happening is there are laws that prevent smaller corporations and competitors from, you know, from unseating incumbents and incumbents are naturally slower and slower to evolve because they want to keep doing the same stuff over and over again. So this crushes innovation. It does. Um, yeah, and this is why we should all go to Clubhouse, quite frankly. <laughs> Clubhouse will eat you all. I'm excited for it. As, as, as long as I get an invite to it so I can join in, I'm all for it. I'm oh, all, man, I'll I'm invite you. I, I appreciate that. I'll take that. But and but that, I, I, that's why, like, um, even going back to this whole Facebook thing, like, it doesn't surprise me that they ruled to continue to keep Donald Trump off of Facebook, mainly because if they did, it would truly expose that the only reason why they booted him off was to shut him up for the last, for the past two or three weeks of his presidency. Now, I am not a Trump defender in the very least. I, I will, and, 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 and I, and I hate having to add that caveat to things or whatnot, because I guarantee you somebody's going to clip this and say, well, Marie supports Donald Trump because it's, because that is not the case at all. I didn't vote for him in 2016. I didn't vote for him in 2020. And I will, and, and as of 2020, I'm not voting ever again. So I'm not voting in anybody's election for anything. I'm not voting for, for, for somebody to rule over me. I like, I, I refuse to, to participate in those games, but that's me. That that that's my, my my prerogative. Like, like it is what it is. But if Facebook were to say, okay, yeah, Donald Trump, you know, it's it's been four months. We'll go ahead and let you back on or so. They would it, it would truly expose them. Say like, you know what? We only had him off for for a brief duration because can you imagine everything he would be saying right now? You know, during you know during Joe during President Biden's first hundred days in office like i mean it would be nuts like the 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 trump uprising would be even greater than what it still is and i mean and it's still massive i still see make america great again stuff everywhere i go i still see trump 2020 flags in the back of trucks and i'm like we're four months removed from an inauguration. Well, I mean, we're a little, a little less than four months away removed from an inauguration. Like you guys are still waving that stuff proudly, and so I think, like, it, it doesn't surprise me. 
Facebook is going to continue to do the things that they do. And they'll go back and revisit it, just like you had mentioned earlier, just like every single government entity, Facebook is acting just like its own government, which if they were apart from government, they could do whatever they want. Now, the, the, and the market would react accordingly or whatnot. But I, I, I think this is a sign that if you're, if, you're, if you're a Facebook user and you don't like what Facebook is doing, get off the platform. Aww, like yeah. that, that, that is the best way. People no longer advertise on Facebook because they can't reach certain people. And if, you, if Facebook doesn't have advertisers, it, it weakens their revenue. And so then they have to rely more and more on the government. And then it exposes who, them for who they really are. And, and everybody just shifts. People forget MySpace. MySpace was a thing. Facebook ruined MySpace. There, there were so many other social media platforms that this whole tech cycle is cyclical. Some, somebody's gonna come around and be a bigger and better version of Facebook. And it's, it's going to happen. Hopefully it's Clubhouse and I'll be on that train when it happens. Well, and here's the other thing is I get, I get the argument that people make, which is that, well, you people say to go make your own platform, but that's exactly what Parler did. And then Parler got booted from the app store and all that. And I get that. And the <coughs> to keep that from happening is to make these companies less powerful before they do something like that again. If there is a mass exodus from Facebook, then Facebook isn't going to be able to, or, or if there's a mass exodus from any one of these carriers, they're not going to be as able to wield that corporate dominance, right? Because they're not going to have that economy of scale any longer. Nobody's going to be really thinking about, well, if I go, if I go to this other platform and it, you know, I might not, I might not be able to talk to my friends. That that you need to outthink, you need to be thinking a couple steps ahead of the corporations, which in fact is easier for you to do as an individual because the more people are cluttering up that system, the slower things are to evolve as exactly. we've seen. Exactly. And 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 to that parlor point, because everybody was like, well, look at parlor and, and they get parlor was not very smart and where they put their servers. They put their servers in a company that doesn't have the same values as them and is willing to shut them down at the drop of a hat called Amazon. Like, like that's where they had their servers. And and I, I know somebody who works for Parler and, and that's a startup and whatnot. And he will, he will, he will come back and tell you, like, yeah, that was a mistake. Look in hindsight, that, that was a mistake. But the other platform, man, and I their name slips me every single time I'm thinking about them. Um Gab. Uh yeah. Uh, Gab, they they literally built their own servers. They 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 were taken out of the, um, the iTunes. Apple took them out of the, the the App Store. Google took them out of the of, out, of, out of out of their store. But they were still booming when all this took off because they created their own servers. They had they had investors who 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 were like, you know what, you guys are right. This is this is what we want to do and. All it takes is is one Coke brother or, or one big conservative person with money to say, you know what, let me invest in them because because I, I want I want to see conservatives have a voice and so forth and create their own version of parlor, which is perfectly fine. And, I, and I'm OK with that. But I will say this. Don't just go out there and create mess like if your product sucks. I don't care. I'm not going to use it. Like, I don't care. You could be from, you could be my best friend in ANCAP land and create 
and create a, create a product. And if it sucks, I'm gonna look at you and say, dude, you need to go back to the drawing board. I'm not using this. Come back, come back to me when it's good or whatnot. And so that, that is another thing that, that where I, I think people fail is because mm-hmm. they think that just because you're an alternative, it means people should automatically look at you. And it's just like, no, you have to produce something that is good and then people would do that. But if you're not producing anything that's, if you're, if, if you're producing stuff that's below level, like b- below expectations, and I'm not, and you're not gonna be Twitter out the gate. You're not gonna be Facebook out the gate, which is perfectly fine. But if you're coming out the gate and you're looking like a DOS computer from the eighties or so, I'm it's like, no. no, sorry, move on. You, it's cool now. I mean, like I totally play Frogger and Atari with the, on. So I, I don't know, man. No, a couple, a couple of their, a couple of the quick points on that. So this is something that I see as being a problem just in general when you have one group try to create an alternative is the reinventing of the wheel, right? One another reason that I'm not sure Parlor really ever caught on. There are a couple, but one of them is is that Parlor is Twitter. And there's already a Twitter. The reason that Clubhouse is growing, one of them, is that there's a unique value add to Clubhouse. It kind of combines a live podcast and a radio show in a new way. Uh, and it's it's really fresh, it's unique. And I'm, I'm sure that ultimately there might be a video element to Clubhouse and there might be a non-live element to Clubhouse. You can bring back in the reinventing the wheel stuff after you've invented something new and the incumbents have gotten weaker and weaker and weaker. So that's, that's one critical thing is there needs to be something unique. What does Facebook not have? What does Twitter not have? And please don't say conservatives because the other... <laughs> Which might be true. But the other thing is that I don't like people creating platforms that are just for people who think a certain way. I don't like that kind of ideological polarization. I don't think it helps. And, you know, I, that's going back to not re, reinventing the wheel of not reinventing the wheel. This is this is what Twitter and Facebook ultimately did is they said, okay, we're going to create a platform that's really super woke and has got leftists and we're going to rewrite our speech codes and we're not going to use certain things. Dude, be more, have an inclusive goal and an inclusive model. Uh, and that's, that's something that I feel like is, is happening on TikTok in particular. Yes, people can self-select into different groups and it's happening on, on Clubhouse. I, never, I didn't know Clubhouse was sponsoring us. I've mentioned Clubhouse so many times and I really, I really don't even use it so much yet except to uh, listen to crypto conversations, which speaking of speaking of cryptos oh let me let me see if i can pull this video up there was was a guy who did it who said a thing and we were we talked about uh addressing this last week i'm giving i'm giving you time to, to to stall and pull this up you're welcome there was so bill maher went on a bit of a tirade about cryptocurrency uh, we still thought this was fresh, though, because uh, Elon Musk is is hosting SNL tonight, and he is expected to send Doge to the, maybe not the moon, but maybe uh, you know some you know some, eleven story penthouse, uh, and then it'll go to the moon from there. I'm sure. I'm sure it will. Uh, but Bill Maher went and had had was very up in his feelings about cryptocurrency. Do we have do we have the clip? Looks like we do. So let's see. 
Let me know if you can hear this. Barely. Okay. Barely. Ever turns out good. That was great. Okay, yeah. So I've um and um so I've got this video pulled up now, ready to go. And so um uh, bear with us. The audio and stuff sounds bad or whatnot, but we're kind of gonna gonna pause and kind of break some of this stuff down, and um and and discuss crypto from from Bill Maher's perspective and, and where he's he has some valid points in, in, in some cases in other cases where we're just like okay Bill Maher you, you gotta okay all right dude and finally new rule nothing with crypto in the title ever turns out good <laughs> there is a mania rising in the country these days about cryptocurrency and how the train is leaving the station so you better get on Tesla has jumped in with both feet and Microsoft accepts it for software now. Etsy, Etsy accepts it now, and so does PayPal and Starbucks and Whole Foods and Home Depot. One in 10 Americans used their stimulus checks to invest in one of thousands of cryptocurrencies in existence, Bitcoin being the most famous, but there's also Ethereum, Binance, Tether, even one called Cumrocket. There's also one called Dogecoin that someone started as a joke, but. Okay, so I'm sorry. First thing, and, and he's not wrong in stating out all, all of these cryptos. It's perfectly fine to, to state all of them out, partly because nobody knows which one is going to take over and be the dominant coin. Like mm -hmm. that. I, I get that. Like, like he's making it seem like having a, a, a whole bunch of options to have your currency in and to invest in is a bad thing. Competition Since, is bad. Right. Competition bad. We we just need one one ring to rule them all is what we need. And that's as 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 he gets further into it, it just makes my my, my blood boil even more. But like, you know, nobody knows about one called cum rocket. And, well, and it's spelling and, and it's fine, but you're doing that to bash crypto when when and at the very the very most you're mad that these at the very least, I'm sorry, you're mad that that now you have companies starting to accept this as a form of currency. And so far, I'm not having any issues with this. Like, what's wrong with that? Although I will say, probably after this episode aired, Come Rocket exploded. Um, <laughs> For not. sure. Uh, but no, and the, there's also a cryptocurrency called, uh, well, it's, the abbreviation is OKB, and I think that that stands for OK Boomer, doesn't it? And he might want to invest in that. Definitely. That, that was my initial reaction to this, but I, I think he, he does make some good points later on. Uh, you know, it, the point about using a stimulus check to invest in cryptocurrency probably the reason you'd invest in cryptocurrency is because you got the damn stimulus check and you know what's coming as a result. Exactly. If you get a loan or, a or whatever, especially if it's a loan from the U.S. government, you put it in crypto, you know what you're doing? You're going short on the U.S. government. And I think that is, that is a, you're short on the U.S. dollar. 
And that is a perfectly sound money decision, especially with the uh, worrying of the money printer that's going right now. Definitely. And and he's going to allude to some things. And I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this um, okay. and uh, when, when, um, when we get into it. As far as I can tell, it's exactly the same as all the other cryptocurrencies. And I will say, I do have stake in Doge right now. Doge is going to the moon, so at least to a dollar. But I just bought it. This is not investment advice to anybody at all. Um, Send us your money and we'll take care of it for exactly. you. Exactly. We'll take care of it, but you assume a risk and we are not <laughs> licensed to give you any type of um, investment um, advice at all. Because the whole thing is a joke. I fully understand that our financial system isn't perfect, but at least it's real. Apple stock is worth money because Apple makes $1,000 phones that everyone buys. And Do we have real money, though? No, we don't. And I want, I want you to finish your point because I have a point now, too. No, go ahead. That was just my question. Like, do we have real money? No, we don't. And it, well, we have. So here, here's the here's the issue between um, it, one of the value adds with Bitcoin in particular. I'll talk about Bitcoin for a sec because he says they're all the same. They're not all the same. They don't all have the same the same purpose either. Bitcoin is capped and you need to mine it and it takes a lot of effort to mine it and it takes a lot of energy to mine it, which is something that will be discussed. But because of that, Bitcoin, and again, effort does not necessarily equate to value inherently. There's not a direct correlation. But when you have enough people saying this is potentially a good investment and it's taking effort to produce it and release it and to render it available for consumption and purchase and investment, they're going to pay more for it. It takes far more effort to mine a block than it does to push a button, which is exactly what the federal government does when it creates your stimmy. You have the floor. Well, well, so, so, well, you know what? It is the federal, it's the Fed and the federal government. But remember, the Fed is the Fed is a private entity, it's not part of the government. It oh, is, yeah. but, but we'll, we can just, we'll discuss that here in a bit. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to allow, I wanted to allow Bill Maher to put more, more of his foot in his own mouth as, oh, as, right. as this video keeps going on. And then we and then can drop in the toilet. <laughs> But Dogecoin recently rallied to be worth more than the market cap of Ford and Kraft Foods, and it has no product and no workers. It's just Easter Bunny cartoon cash. I've read articles about cryptocurrency. I've had it explained to me, and I still don't get it, and neither do you or anyone else. At least he admits it. So why are you? If you, I'm sorry. Why? Why? If you don't get it, if you've read articles, you're like, I don't know what's happening. I'm not an expert. Then who are you to say? Do you understand what happened with that? Do you understand how how money is made now? Because Maurice made a good point that what ends up happening is that yes, the 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 Federal Reserve is a private entity. The U.S. government, because the Treasury Court. I think it was the Treasury Accord. So showing my 
Yeah. Um, because of that, they're not able to tell the Federal Reserve what to do. But you know who can tell the Federal Reserve what to do? The U.S. Treasury. You know who tells the Treasury what to do? The, the federal government. Oh, let me think. Like, could it could it be? I mean, don't don't we appoint somebody to mm. kind of to be a quote unquote liaison to the Fed chair? And cannot can't the president apply pressure to raise or lower interest rates of the Fed chair? And don't doesn't the president nominate a Fed chair? I maybe I'm living in a different America. I don't know. Maybe this is in Kapistan. I wish. I wish. I don't know. I don't know. But okay, Bill Maher, what else you got to say for us when you're talking about Doge and 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 notice how. Notice how he's only really touched Doge. Like, well, if you, there's a resemblance, I think, isn't there? It's not. He looks a little bit like the Doge. <laughs> the Doge dog. What, what kind of dog is that? I, 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 I want one of those dogs. It's a Shiba Inu. Yes, I want one of those. I've got to get one just to represent the money that I made off of Doge, thanks to this fifty billion market cap. That um, I, I mean, and evidently it's. It's creating some type of some type of value to people. People believe it's going to create them, give them value, more value than Ford or Kraft macaroni and cheese or something. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Com- comparing the two is is comparing apples to oranges. You're literally comparing cryptocurrency to two two companies that one one Ford, which is actually dying off. They had to get rid of all of their car brands outside of the Ford Mustang because they couldn't sell enough. I, okay, I'm let, let me woosah. Give, okay, Bill Maher, what else you got for us? I'll explain why. So there's these things called nerds. <laughs> and in 2008, one of them, we don't know who because this person or group of persons is still anonymous, made up Bitcoin out of thin air using the fake name Satoshi Nakamoto, which I think are the Japanese words for monopoly money. <laughs> now, now, capitalism, of course, has always contained an element where instead of actually making something or providing a service for money, you could make money in the exciting field of money. But we knew money had to originate from and be generated by something real somewhere, to which cryptocurrency says, no, it doesn't. You literally substitute the US dollar for everything this guy is saying, and you'd still be 100% correct. You, you'd actually be more accurate than, than you would when you're talking about cryptocurrency. Partly because, kind of like you said, there is no limit on how much money the Federal Reserve can print. And Every single time they go, money print to go, brr, or whatever you want to say, you're literally devaluing the dollar because of the, because of this, this idea of, you know, you know, like whenever you collect baseball cards, if something is more common, it's worth less. The less that you have of it, the more it's worth. That's what they're doing with the U.S. dollar. The more money you print, the less value the U.S. dollar has. But yet he's saying the complete opposite, that there's a there's value behind the U.S. dollar. What and value is in the U.S. dollar? Nothing. So it used to be tethered to gold, right? It used to be on the gold standard. So right. that used to be a fair argument. 
now there is there is nothing tethering the value of the U.S. dollar. So there is no standard. It, it has it, it. It really does have no value aside of what people ascribe to it. And that is at least different from from cryptocurrencies in the sense that there there's much more labor involved with mining than there is with pushing a button. You think we're talking about printing money. We're not even talking about printing money at this point. We're talking about pushing a button, which is honestly, when you're doing a large scale asset purchase or anything, when the government's making the, you know, when the government's flipping, doing its own flips, it's just pressing a button and creating money out of thin air. That is what it does. And it took me a long time to get that around my head. It does, they're not even printing anything. There's no effort whatsoever Zero. you're hitting a key zero value mining. zero value in that but okay bill mar what else you got for us okay boomer maybe this is why warren buffett says cryptocurrencies basically have no value and they don't produce anything what you hope is that somebody else comes along and pays you more money for them later on but then that that person's got the problem in terms of value zero He literally just described stock market trading right there. That is what Warren Buff. That's literally what Warren Buffett does every single time he buys a stock. He comes, he buys a stock, and hopes that somebody's going to come along at a later date and pay him more money. And it's now their problem because he knows the stock is overvalued. And this is partly generational. And again, I'm not. I'm not crapping on older generations because there are several people who are boomers and who are incredibly, incredibly savvy in cryptocurrency. Right. But it does, it's a different way of thinking about trading, even than stock, even than, than standard stock market trading. So it's it's worth something. And it's worth noting when you see that the people who are predominantly the most fuddy fear uncertainty and doubt on cryptocurrencies are older it doesn't mean that all old people don't you know are are fuddy but it does mean that when you're looking to warren buffett to be your steel man you should ask why exactly like um i'm not too sure warren buffett of 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 all people is like again i mean and and i trade stocks so i get it or whatnot. Well, you could say, oh, well, Maurice, like the stocks that you trade are actually companies that 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 have value and provide value to people. Okay, I get that. I could say the same thing about Bitcoin. P people feel like Bitcoin has value in it because there's something that 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 to them is tangible that is going to provide them uh, provide them the the money needed to buy things in the in the future, whether that's tomorrow, whether because you because now you can buy stuff with Bitcoin and Starbucks. Or whether that's ten years from now, however Bitcoin or whatever crypto decide, however it decides to stabilize, let's not act like the U.S. government won't get into cryptocurrencies. Like that, there, that, that's a foregone conclusion for me. Is it's just a matter of when, which is why they brought in Mark Zuckerberg and and when he was doing his whole Libra thing a couple of years ago, the U.S. government is is going is going to get in it. They're just mad that somebody beat them to it, and they're and, and that they're doing it far better than the U.S. government ever could. But the U.S. government is going is going to U.S. government and steal these ideas and patent it as their own. So,
Or as another analyst put it, it's an open Ponzi scheme. It's like having an imaginary best friend who's also a banker. <laughs> this is how the world economy crashed in 2009. It wasn't the lost value in actual houses that sunk us. It was this virtual market that required inventing algorithms to bet on how much houses might be worth in a virtual, virtual scenario. But then the landlord called in the bill for this virtual market because in adult land, it turns out the landlord is always real. <laughs> Our problem here is at root, not economic, but psychological. People who have been raised in a virtual world are starting to believe they can really live in it. <laughs> Okay, Bill Maher, this whole Ponzi scheme, really? It's a Ponzi scheme. People, and 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 I know we've said that he that that he's got some valid arguments, none of which he is he has produced right now. All he's doing right now is invoking fear around cryptocurrency because they think, oh, this could, this is going to be the next bubble that burst. Not to say that. This bubble should have bursted a year ago, but the U.S. government decided to print a whole lot of to, 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 to give everybody all these stimulus checks and spend trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars to uphold whatever abysmal economy it's sitting on right now. Um, but calling it a Ponzi scheme is so laughable that I'm literally like that's ex you were. And I know I said this before, but you can literally, you literally just exchange crypto or Bitcoin or whatever you're using with the US dollar. And that's what you do. We've, as, as somebody who's, who, who's looked closely at what's happened over the past year with these stimulus checks and these COVID relief bills and so forth. And people will say the rich got richer by $6 trillion. And, and, th and then not put two and two together and say, hmm, I wonder how much money the U.S. government decided to give people over the past year. I wonder if it's uh uh hmm. Let me guess. Uh uh, six trillion dollars. Like d nobody wants to find any type of correlation to that at all, and they want to say, oh, but what we currently have is not a Ponzi scheme. You know, we don't just give money to the to to the rich, and and it and it kind of starts to flow down, but it never does. This whole idea of trickle down economics, whatever that. They they say is false, but they try to use all the time by by bailing out these companies and so forth. Sorry, I don't want to get off on a whole Fed tangent and and U.S. dollar tangent. But the U.S. government, the U.S. dollar is a Ponzi scheme. It's more a Ponzi scheme than cryptocurrency. It is. It is. Well, Maurice, what why did the housing market crash? What, was it because I I seem to remember uh, that the government was telling these these lending agencies that they had to lend money they had to lend money to people with potentially unsound credit uh, yeah and, sounds about right yeah that sounds so what ended up happening was you had a lot you had a bubble and then you had people defaulting on their loans because the US government told them or rather told their loan provider that they had to loan to them. So 
what Bill Maher just said about the crash of the smart is not correct. Not it's at all. Not, it's not, it's, it's, and I'm going to use a word that's being abused, but it's a little bit of gaslighting. It's not that the mean, evil business people, remember, if you're in, if you're in business, you really don't have that much of an objective to, to give out a loan that you're not going to see. Like if you're not going to see it paid back to you, you kind of don't want to give someone that loan. But if someone comes in and says they'll, sh- you know, they had at gunpoint <laughs> that you're going to need to give someone a loan, you're going to give out the loan. So it's not the evil, greedy capitalists that are doing this. It's government failure. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. And for Bill Maher to blame that on anything else outside of that is completely false. Now, I w- now the banks should not have been loan should not have been loaning this money. I will want, but the banks are an extension of the government too. They're more of an extension of the government than Facebook is. So, but they they literally, if you guys have not seen the movie The Big Short or read the book The Big Short, it describes this to a T on what actually on what actually happened from the years. I want to say it goes back to 2004 to 2005 or so and goes up through the crash and discusses and breaks it down very 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 well it's a great movie it's a great book and i assure you they did not pay me to say that it's a book that i've read and a movie that i've watched and i mean and it's a great cast too it's got christian bale brad pitt steve carell ryan gosling like it's it is a star is a star-filled movie so if you haven't watched it go watch it it does a far better way of explaining what happened in 2008 than Bill Maher ever did. So. Much of warfare is a video game now. Why not base our economy the same way? And cryptocurrency is literally a game. Bitcoins are created by what they call mining. Mining. But not the kind of mining that's done by seven dwarves who share a woman. That was fun. This kind of mining involves using rooms full of supercomputers to make something that is purposefully arbitrary. Essentially, one computer thinks of a number between one and infinity, and other computers take trillions of guesses at what it is. It's the old game of I'm thinking of a number between one and ten, except times a gazillion, and the guy guessing the number lives in China, and the guy who knows the number lives in the Matrix. Take that, work. (laughs) Do I need to spell this out? There is something inherently not credible about creating hundreds of billions in virtual wealth with nothing ever actually being accomplished and no actual product made or service rendered. It's like Tinkerbell's light. Its power source is based solely on enough children believing in it. And unfortunately, what is real is the unfathomable amount of electricity those massive supercomputers suck up for their mining. Okay, now, before we actually finally get to the good point that he makes, valid points, I just want to say, Bill Maher, whoever's writing your jokes, they need to do a better job. Because some of these jokes just don't land well at all 
except for the 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 dwarves and the mining with a single woman. Uh, outside of that, okay, boomer. You, a lot, you, a lot you of Disney be better than that. though. Yeah, yeah. With China, I guess with the Disney <laughs> parody account. I mean, I, I'm honestly like, is this Bill Mark parody? Because it's gotta be. again, compare. <laughs> Compare one billion supercomputers uh, where they're generating something that you need to be able to generate. And then another thing is unleashed and then they have to generate that. And so there's there's a there's a necessary cap on the amount of of cryptocurrency that can be mined within a given time period. And it gets more and more difficult as time goes on. Compare that and the billion supercomputers to the one computer that you need to push a button to make the money printer go burr. And tell me if you're having to choose between the one that's got more value in what's produced through it, mm. which, which are you gonna pick? Yeah. It's very valid. Now, again, I know we said, we, we, we've, we've gone on, but I promise you, Bill Maher, he's about to make a, a, a valid point that we can deal with. <laughs> I, I can still refute it because yes. of, of, of what he addresses, but it's, it, it is probably the only valid argument that he's brought against crypto in this eight minute rant. The power, listen to this, the power being used right now to guess numbers and win imaginary prizes is the same as all the electricity needed to light all of New York state, except the governor's office where they use romantic candles. <laughs> That was good. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Bitcoin uses more electricity per transaction than any other method known to mankind. Just one uses more energy than a million visa transactions and has the same carbon footprint as 85,000 hours of watching YouTube. What a 15-year-old calls the weekend. <laughs> Bitcoin uses more energy than Netflix, Apple, Facebook, Microsoft, and Google combined. I mean, cars are bad for the climate, but at least they take you somewhere. Those are taking me to the moon. Exactly. In Tiger Woods' case, a tree. But this, this, this is just a beanie baby that runs on coal. How can a company like Tesla be all in on saving the planet with electric cars and then participate in destroying it with this completely unnecessary online play money? Uh, almost, almost all the people who tout Bitcoin and deal in Bitcoin and who won't shut the fuck up about Bitcoin. <laughs> The millennials, the Gen Zers, the Silicon Valley types, these are all the same people who see themselves as hip and progressive and big environmentalists. Bullshit. You're money-hungry opportunists, and you're not allowed to pretend you care about the environment. According to the journal Nature, Bitcoin's growth could, single-handedly, push global temperatures above the tipping point of two degrees Celsius. I know, melting ice caps can wait. Your Green New Deal involves cash. 
Social scientists call this cognitive dissonance, a disconnect between who you think. Okay. It, oh. it's, it's, it's almost over. And then he has the cognitive dissonance himself. Exactly. Exactly. So I will say when you bring up the, the, um, the effect that mining Bitcoin and the, and, and what it uses has on the environment, that's a valid point. I would now it, it was poor for him to use Tesla as a um, as a uh, uh, a Tesla saving the you know saving the planet with their cars when when you look at what it takes to actually produce one of those cars you're not really saving a whole lot of emissions because of everything that you put into it but that's a that's a discussion for a different day um, but I, I I I will say he brings up a valid point when discussing environmental risk when it comes to Bitcoin mining. Thoughts? I, I agree. And I and here's, I guess, here's what I would offer. First of all, when there are conversations being had right now um, between different people who are in, in cryptocurrency and who are either gurus or who are involved and invested in it, where people are talking about ways to make it more environmentally sustainable. And there's work to do. What I will say is I, definitely trust the people who have a financial stake in being more environmentally conscious because you know that he talks about uh hypocritical millennials and gen zers need to get off his lawn but you got enough hypocritical millennials and gen zers who really care about the environment and there will be a green coin there right. there will be something that they want to put their money behind because it is sustainable so if you have a company that has a stake in being environmentally conscious and conscientious they're going to do far more because they can turn a profit on it than someone who has a monopoly on everything including money right you're gonna this is another reason i guess i one of the main themes about this podcast has been the government is slow to evolve and one of the reasons that they're slow to evolve is because they have a monopolistic power over certain things right. mailboxes your money so again what what's not been innovated very well <laughs> within the past while those two things um this yeah this is the sort of thing that private industries can do far better i don't know what you think about that but oh i i agree with you 100 and and of course me being the intuitive guy that i am um when he put up the screenshot of that of of the the study that came out as far as raising you know the um the temperature of the earth by two degrees celsius i was like well let me go look at this study oh. and kind of see what they were talking about um one, the journal of the study was done, I believe, in 2017, and it had talked about by the year 20, um, at best, by the years 2033, that that we would reach this 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 um this two percent increase. You're too Celsius. Two, yeah, yes, uh, two degrees Celsius. I'm sorry. Thank you for that. And then, or at worst case scenario, by 2025. So in four years. Um, it also says and also assumes that they are that they are mining at the same rate that from 2017 to 2025 or 2017 to 2033 that that 
everything is the same exact way. The emissions are the same, the mining is the same. It assumes all of that stuff constant. Now, which is probably the biggest reason why I don't like models because nothing is constant in this world. Mm -hmm. Bitcoin has a shelf life as far as mining is concerned. It is not this infinite thing, regardless of what Bill Maher tells you. Bitcoin is not Bitcoin is not finite. There comes a time where they will stop mining. And I want to say they're talking about stopping mining in the next four to five years. So when that stops, <coughs> excuse me, sorry. When that stops, your whatever study that you've done in 2017 can't it, it's not constant anymore. That 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 emissions that electricity is putting off is no longer constant. So you can't assume that oh well we're still going to be doing the same rate. And that also implies, kind of to your to, to your point, that nobody cares about the environment and they're not making they're not making conscious efforts to to decrease their carbon footprint. That's exactly what that implies. And for anybody to think that in today's society is living under a rock. Even me, as a even me as an Ancapistan kind of guy, I still think like, okay, what can we do to make sure that we are not harming Mother Nature and the planet and so forth? Now, oh. I'm not, I may not be taking it to the extreme as far as things go, but when he talks about polar ice caps, and I remember back in 2007 when they said polar bears were going to be extinct, and that their their population was dropping. I think I read I think I read a study. Um, a, it was about probably about roughly a year ago or so that the polar bear population is booming and is now growing more than than anybody ever thought. It's actually the the population now is more than what the population was when they first did the study. Like so, this whole I'm not saying that 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 climate change or anything is a hoax. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is that everybody has gotten it wrong up until this point. In the 60s, we were supposed to be doing something. It was supposed to be, hey, you know, every, the, you know, everything's going to freeze over. And now it's like, hey, everything's melting. And we're going back and forth. All I'm saying is before you start to legislate and do things to try and change human nature and how we interact with one another, how about you get one thing right? That's all that I ask. Because at this point, Florida was supposed to be underwater. And look at Miami thriving. Everybody's moving to Florida, the complete opposite. And they're moving miners to Florida, too. That's the other thing. Is So one, one thing, then, this is more on a state level. But there are definitely things that countries can do to make uh, cryptocurrency mining more attractive to their own citizens. One of the major problems right now is China really doesn't care so much about the environment. I mean, right. they, again, this has to do with the Chinese government, not, not at all the Chinese people. I want to be very clear about that. Um, but you see a lot of pollution and a lot of emission coming from China. And this is indeed where the vast majority of crypto of Bitcoin miners are located. There are discussions that countries are having about how to welcome more, more mining opportunities for people who live in their country. And so what you will likely see is more environmentally sustainable methods of mining by default. Exactly. Because again, you'll be living in countries where there, there are more, there's more environmental sustainability, just even within the equipment that you're using. 
Exactly. And I mean, and we we see this happen all the time in in true capitalistic um things. And it's crazy that this these things um these things progress in spite of the government doing what it's going to do. Like um the reason why most everybody is over in China is because, because like you said, China doesn't care. They don't. They can do a lot of this innovation and technology in China because they don't have to worry about that. But once they figure out the the technology to produce something, they then start to say, "Okay, let's dial this back. How can we, how can we save money here, 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 and here?" And then in turn, they produce a product that is actually better for the environment than than it was five years ago, 10 years ago, and so forth. And they're not forced by any government to do it. They do it because because there's an incentive for them to do so. Like people, companies know that, hey, if I do this and, and I have and I have this, hey, we're being green, people are going to buy into that. People will. Even, even conservatives will because they're like, you know what? Eh, you know, this whole, most of it may, may not be, may not be great, but if I can do one little part, you know, save the sea turtles from getting straws in their nose, then I will do that. Like people think about these things or whatnot. So it's okay to, to see something and say like, okay, you know what, in five years, and I, and, and I hate using this because everybody, they, they look at the invisible hand and a whole, there's like, this just imaginary thing coming in and fixing the market. And that's not how I like to describe things. People know how other people work and they will they will back off. They'll back off the climate stuff. They'll do all these things because they want because they want their kids to grow up in a world that was better than theirs. So if yeah. they can do something to save the environment, they very much will. And part of that also involves sound money. Having having your kids have a storehouse of some sort of savings that is not incredibly inflated, and again, that involves buying into these assets. Of course, we both have we, we both have stake in cryptocurrencies. So yes, uh, we're not giving you investment advice, but we're telling you that you should invest. Um, <laughs> for our own selfish sakes. No, there's certain things that should not be political issues. Environmental sustainability is absolutely one of those. And I think that currency integrity and currency competition should also not be a political issue. Definitely, definitely. Well, Bill Maher, thank you for your rant and your 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 lovely non lack of your understanding or lack thereof of cryptocurrency and how it works and whatnot. Um, but I mean, and, but everybody's entitled to their own opinion. I honestly think somebody tried to get Bill Maher in on Bitcoin a few years ago and he missed the boat and now he's mad. That's that's honestly what I think truly happens, because that sounds like somebody who got scorned by by, by Bitcoin and somebody told him, hey, you need to buy it at a thousand. He's like, I'm not buying anything at a thousand dollars. And now it's trading at close to sixty thousand dollars. And he's like, I should have bought it at a thousand dollars. And, and, you know, and he's got good points and other things, too. I've actually stuff Bill Mars had on lately. I'm 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 really a fan of. But at this one, he's he's not uh, he's a little bit behind the take. Yeah, so. this is a miss. Bill Maher, this is a miss for you. So um, but any, anything else you want to add, Miss Amanda, before, before we sign off? Ooh, uh, not, I can't think of anything. Just any predictions on how a high doge is going to go tonight. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, I, 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 I think, I, 
I think it, it's going to take a little bit of a, of, of a, um, of, of it's, 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 it's going to, it's going to take a little bit of a dip. People, I'll use the term dip, um, to, cause it, it hit like 70 today, 71, 72 yeah. or so. And so I think it, so it, it'll come back to sixties. It, it may come back to maybe the mid to high fifties or so. And then from there, it'll probably take an, a, an, another run or so. I've got to study the chart to kind of, to kind of take a look at it, but I assure you, I don't want to know. I don't assure you. I can see it hit the dollar. I really can't. No more, especially with Elon being on SNL. And I mean, heck, right now it's, it's probably skyrocketing as we speak. So Doge is, you know, a great case as you're checking, because I know we're running long, but I do want to say that Doge is a, is a great case study. I, I might have already made this point that it's a great case study in market volunteerism, because when you've got when you've got a bunch of kids on Reddit, and I say kids on Reddit, I, you know, I'm, they're probably Bill Maher's age, that are able to <laughs> hold the, the relative appreciation over the course of, a, of one week at 420%, 4420. And we're last night able to, to create a new floor at 69, 69, 69, 69. Okay, that shows that people can be cooperative absent government. Yeah. Very much so. Very much so. So Doge is going to the moon. So is Bitcoin and everything else. Again, do not take investment advice because we, this is a disclaimer. We are not offering advice. Um, SEC, don't come for us. I don't believe in you, but I know you're real. So don't come for us. Um, but all, all, all of that, again, thank you guys for listening. Um, feel free to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, write us a rating, a review, Stitcher, wherever you receive your podcast. Sooner or later, we're actually going to be going out to Spotify as well, too. Um, Thankfully, uh, so uh, guys, thank you again for joining us, for being a part of this civil discord. As always, y'all stay easy.